When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind, a very satisfying 3-1 victory over Kilmarnock. I'm Paul John Dykes, I'm joined by Liam Carrigan. And uh, let's start off with the man of the match then, Rio Hatate. We spoke about him before the game, Liam. Some in the comments were saying he should have been dropped today. Rogers lets him play, and when Rio plays, Celtic play. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I'm not going to be too harsh on the people who were saying that pre-match, because on form... Aye, you know, he wasn't playing at his best. And when players are not playing well, you start to question whether they should be in the team or not. But it certainly proved today why he is <laughs> in the team and why he deserves to remain in the team. Um, you know, his goal was, was a thing of beauty. He sets up the second goal. He um, should have, mm, I mean, maybe had a penalty. Um, I, I'll be honest. I've I've rewatched that half a dozen times, and I still can't tell if it's a penalty or not. It, it is a it's a tricky one, um, but yeah, it was just every it was into everything today, and uh, it was great to see. He, um, you know, also we we worried about Greg Taylor. Um, he had a great game today. Were it not for Hatati being as outstanding as he is, Taylor would be up there for the the conversation about man of the match as well. And after the Rough week that he's had. Getting that goal was, you know, no more than he deserved. Totally agree with that, Liam. You know, I think um, Hatati and Taylor actually have been criticised recently. And, you know, I'm going to go back to the point you made. It wasn't an outlandish suggestion that, that Hatati should be dropped today because he hasn't been at his best. Yeah. And uh, Rogers decided to, to keep on playing through that. And I think we've seen the best performance by Hatati that we've seen all season. I think that in many ways that was the best performance of Celtic season, right? Some might argue that there was periods of the Lazio game that were better. But in terms of the flow of the game, the, there were moments where it was sensational football. You know, yeah. you know, passing movements, passages you play, and you were looking at it going, wow, we're dummying the ball. Everybody seemed to be working in, in uh, tandem. It was, Palmer was at the heart of it. O'Reilly was in there. Hatati was in there. Um, which really makes it even more surprising that we only won the game 3-1 um, in the second half. Jim Orr always talks about the fact that he's never comfortable at a game of football unless we're 3-0 up. We were mm. cruising at 2-0, Liam. We were absolutely yeah. cruising at 2-0. Um, and I don't think we took our foot off the gas, you know. I really don't. No. They, you know, they, they, their goal was so against the running play, it was untrue. Um, am I going to have a niggle at the ref here? Of course I am. Mm. <laughs> right. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to try and be balanced. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that I think we got off the hook with the, the goal that Palmer scores. I do. 
I think we got off the hook with that one. I mean, I seen a line in the second half that showed you the line, and and Hatati's uh, foot was over the line, right? Mm. So I'm not quite sure how accurate that was. I thought we we got one there. Um, I'm a bit like yourself in that we got the penalty and it was overruled by the guy who gave it. But I'm talking about the Taylor infringement. And just before mm. it, I thought Vassell handballed the ball right in front of the referee. The ref just called play on. Don't understand that. I just thought he was being yeah. too lenient. And then Taylor, so there was two decisions. Taylor was brought down, he was impeded, and eventually come on and go up the park and score. So I'm going to have a dig at him, but I'm also going to say I think we got one with regards to the Palmer Golium. And I'm not going to make this about the ref because it's all about Celtic. It's all about Celtic's performance. But that yeah. that did, for just a five-minute period after the goal, it kind of knocked us off our stride, didn't it? Yeah, I we were I for about yeah five or six minutes after that goal, we seemed a wee bit, I wouldn't say rattled, but we were definitely more cautious and a bit more cagey about you know being as free flowing as we'd been up to that point. Um, but the thing that gets me with the the command goal now, I I don't know because I've I've only seen I only saw it live. I didn't actually see any replays of it yet. I don't know if the foul and the build-up to the goal was a foul. I I don't recall the handball you're talking about, but here's the thing. We are supposed to check all this. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there wasn't even an extended check of that, that is the problem there. It's like, you know, see, see if you look at it and you still think I was right to give that goal. Fine, I might disagree with you, but that's your call. But see, to not even look at it, that just stinks of arrogance, complacency and stupidity, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. And it was a great performance. I, I, I'm not going to let that take the glean off of what I would say is the best performance of the season under Brendan Rodgers. And the question comes in here, actually, um, from Mount Kadath, saying, is this the game... Nice avatar. Is this a game where we have clicked? And I think, it, I'm hoping it is, because we definitely looked as though we clicked, Liam. Now, I'm mm. going to go back to what I said at the opener, um, and that Rio Atati does often make us click, doesn't he? He was at the heart of yeah. everything. He was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, he's just signed his new deal. He was a guy that I had suggested, along with O'Reilly and Abada, we've not seen enough of Abada this season, that uh, those three would go to another level under Brendan Rodgers. I still believe that of all three of them. And we spoke about this this uh, adapting, a period of adapting from a style of play and a style of manager to the new gaffer. Uh, and I hope it is a, a case of us having clicked. It's almost as if we've been waiting for that all season, Liam. Yeah, I mean... Credit to Brendan Rodgers as well, not only for like trying to implement a new system, but also I think there has been a bit of give and take there. Um, you know, the fullbacks are much more comfortable now that they are being allowed to play in a way quite similar to how they played last season. Yeah. Um, Hatate has been given a freer role, and you see what he, you know, when he's allowed to to break out of a system and just get the ball and do things with it, magic can happen, like happened today. Um. Yeah, I I just think that credit to the players for adapting, but also credit to the manager for having the foresight to see that sticking too rigidly to a system when you've got so many creative, um, you know, flair players in the squad, it's not necessarily the best way to go. And he's corrected that slightly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has. I remember in his first spell, 
he uh, brought in Doris de Vries, didn't he? And he thought mm. that he was the answer. And, and he was quick enough, Liam, to realise, actually, we've got a better goalkeeper here in Craig Gordon. Let's go back to him, even though Doris de Vries was his, was his choice. Um, Stevie Boy, wee man needs a goal. I think you're talking about Kyogo. Kyogo was desperate for a goal today, Liam, and he'd done everything except score it. Um, yeah. That doesn't concern me about Kyogo. I've got to be no. honest, it doesn't concern me in the slightest. No, the, th- the thing is with Kyogo, you know it's going to come. Um, and he, he had a good game today. Um, when you when when you've got three other uh, players chipping in with goals, I think you don't need to worry too much about your striker not getting on the score sheet today. I mean, really, his best chance in the second half was probably that that amazing burst out of defence from Maeda, where really. All right, he's just run 80 yards, and I don't blame him for having a shot at goal, but he should have played Kyogo in. Kyogo was 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 on the overlap and was completely clear and would have buried it from there. But, you know, Dyson's just sprinted the full, almost the full length of the pitch with the ball. I don't blame him for having the wee rush of blood to the head, and it was a decent shot, and Forrest was very unlucky with the follow-up as well. Yeah, he was. He absolutely was. And like you say there, you know the quality cool. It's been a decent enough week on a personal level for him. He's broke his duck in the Champions League, which was something people were criticising him for and doubting his ability. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be back in amongst the goals. There is absolutely no doubt about that. I want to talk about some individual performances. I want to talk about Palmer coming um, through on his own. I think Carter Vickers coming back into the team gave us a solidity. I want to talk about Liam Scales and a wee bit about Greg Taylor um, as well. We've already discussed the performance of Rio. Mount Kadath, you're back in. Fantastic second half, you say. How we didn't get four or five there is, there is beyond me. However, that's also a concern, especially when it comes to Europe. That doesn't alter the excellent mood I'm in, though. Mon the hoops. Yeah, it was a very convincing win. And there was, you know, moments in that second half, people going about the, the style of play under Ange versus the style of play under Rogers. There was moments in that second half, Liam, that's as good football as I've seen in a, a right good a couple of seasons. Ange, Brendan, regardless of who was in charge. Great players play great football when they mm-hmm. when they're playing well, um, regardless of the manager. Um, you know, that's why I think uh, <laughs> Our uh, our friends across the city are having trouble just now because you could put Jose Mourinho in charge of that mob and they still wouldn't get a result. Um, whereas we have the opposite problem. We have lots of great players and it's just a question of managing them properly. And Brendan has shown today, I think like others have said, today is a day when we've clicked and I do think that it's only going to be upward from here. Yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, I want to talk a bit about Liam Scales, one of the success stories of this season. Uh, David Boy McCauley comes in to talk about Scales. He says he's getting better and better. Some of his passing today has been immense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you made the point about playing alongside Carter Vickers, how that's going to uh, develop him and assist him and help him. And I think that it's only natural as a fan to see someone coming in as a stopgap thinking that is what he is. But he's now going to have to be displaced, Liam, if he's going to be dropped out of this team, simply because his form has been superb. Now, there was a, a conversation in that second half around uh, where he is in the pecking order, what his value would be, because that's what we do as football fans. Mm. Put it this way, um, I don't know the value in that, Phillips. I really don't. If you were to try and buy him, um, how much would he cost? You're not going to get him on the cheap from Liverpool. And I would play scales every single day of the week over Nat Phillips. 
Um, Novrosky, he comes in as I think the replacement for Starfelt. And I'm not going to be unfair on him. He got injured very, very early on. Scales is playing ahead of him as well. Lagerbjelk, we've seen a wee bit more of. I think we paid three million quid for Lagerbjelk. And Scales gets a, a game over him as well for me, uh, Liam. So there'll, there'll come a point, and it happened with Tony Ralston, there will come a point where you no longer think about him as a stopgap or um, a guy that's getting lucky to be having a game and all this kind of stuff, and that good luck's going to run out. You just think, no, wait a minute. He's a very, very important part of this squad and potentially the starting 11. And at the moment, Liam Scales is an important part of the starting 11. Yeah, I think I think the Tony Ralston comparison is spot on because you're going to have there's going to come a point when all of our centre backs are fit and Scales is probably not going to be starting, but he's done enough to date to show that he is a valued member of the squad, and in much the same way as Ralston. While I think Alistair Johnson is a much better player. Tony Ralston has shown he is a very, very good footballer on his own right. And I have no hesitation of putting him into the team if Johnson was injured. Same goes for Scales. I would not be worried about pitching him in. I was worried at the start of the season about him being being one of our main central defenders. I'm not now. I'm not now. I, I think he's shown enough that it, certainly at domestic level, he's more than adequate. And, you know, with a bit of a push, like I said, working alongside Carter Vickers is only going to make him better. Maybe even in Europe, he could do a job for us as well. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's one of these ones where a player goes from, um, you know, being part of that Aberdeen team, Liam, last season, and were mm. beaten by Darville. Now, how many tiers <laughs> were they below? They, they were like six or seven tiers below Aberdeen. People were going on about yeah. it being the worst result in Scottish football history. And I think it probably is. If you look at the, the you know, the distance between Aberdeen and Darvel, Liam Scales was part of that last season. Um, mm-hmm. During the week, he played excellently against Lazio. He tried an overhead kick to win the game against Lazio. So the turnaround in Scales has been yeah. quite incredible. And um, when did we start looking at it? Well, I was critical of Scales' performance against St. Johnson. I felt that he was rinsed a couple of times too easily and Joe Hart was there to save his bacon a bit. But then he followed that up with a performance at Ibrox that I thought was excellent. Um, there was one moment in the game where he mistimed a header. Other than that, he was brilliant at Ibrox. And he seems to be growing in stature week on week. Well, if you remember after the Ibrox game, I said to you, you know, regardless of where Liam Scales' Celtic career goes from here, he can hold his head up high and said he went to Ibrox and bossed it. You know, and, and that that still stands. That is something that he can look back on and be very, very proud of. But I am less pessimistic about his future at Celtic than I was when I made that statement. I think now there there could be more um, moments that he will create for himself at Celtic to tell the grand wins about someday, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this season, I felt if anyone was going to be doing this, this uh, resurrection, I thought it was going to be Stephen Welsh. You know, I felt that Stephen Welsh, after a pretty tricky start under Neil Lennon coming in to the team, um, played quite a few games in Angie's first season, but then he faded in the second season. I think he, he made six mm. appearances. Brendan came in, showed a bit of faith in him, gave, gave him the new contract, and I felt, oh, you know, Stephen Welsh is going to kick on. But it's just football, isn't it? Welsh gets injured, yeah. skill steps up. And by God, he stepped up. But I'm hoping that well, when Welsh comes back in, he's maybe looking at skills and thinking, you know, that's an inspiration for me. I can do that. 
Yeah, I mean, the the thing is that, unfortunately, the, na- the nature of football as a team sport is such that for one guy to get an opportunity, another guy has to get crocked. And, you know, in this case, it's been several guys that have got crocked in order to create a space for Liam Scales. Um, you know, Stephen Welsh is going to be at the club long term now. He will get a chance at some point, like Scales is getting now. There will be other injuries at some point. And when Welsh is fit, he will be called upon, and I'm sure he'll do a perfectly serviceable job. Um, The onus is still on him to kick on and show that he can improve. (laughs) Scales has shown in the last few weeks that he can improve. Welsh has always done what's asked of him when he's played, but to me, his his progression as a footballer has kind of plateaued in the last two years or so. He needs to show that he can go up another gear like Ralston did. Because if you'd have said to me that, you know, when on the day that Ange arrived, I thought Ralston would be one of the first ones out the door. He ended up becoming an integral part of that first season. So it just shows you how quickly it can turn around with a new manager, with a new approach, with, you know, even with the player himself, just taking a step back and having a fresh uh, perspective mm-hmm. on it. No, you're right. And again, I'll go back to it. Uh, we spoke about those guys who are on the periphery of the team, Liam, and you're in that kind of um, no-win situation where you need a, a big squad, but it's difficult to keep the guys fit, sharp and happy, of course, if they're not playing. And because there is no reserve league in Scotland, I wonder if there are other European leagues in a similar scenario whereby there could be some kind of organised schedule of events, schedule of fixtures, whereby every week you're at least playing a game of competitive football. Um, I mean, we've mentioned Welsh there. He's one of eight centre-halves. And under normal circumstances, we're not going to need eight centre-halves. There's going to be three or four of them who are going to be at the picture. Um, And they need to be playing football. You want to keep them in the squad, therefore you don't loan them out. Um, so hopefully we can find a solution to that. Patrick Harold, um, here we go. Well-deserved goal for Taylor. I think so. And we mentioned them at the beginning of the game because you felt that some of the criticism was unjust on yeah. Taylor. Um, now, there may, he might divide opinion in relation to can he transfer the performance of the domestic game like we've seen today onto the European stage, and people might be undecided on that. What's your thoughts? Let us know in the comments. But you go up against a team like Kilmarnock, playing against his, uh, his old side in Kilmarnock, and I thought he was brilliant. He was, he was at the heart of some of the really good, uh, silky moves that we were playing in that in that second half. And when he got his goal, he goes over to take the corner, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, he fancies going into the box. He could have just trudged back. He's not got the height, but he's, he's standing there in the, in the penalty area. And he gets on the end of made as we flick. And I think it was a well-deserved goal. Um, and in terms of his trajectory, it really peaked uh, under Ange Postacoglu. And there was a bit of a, a fear, I think, that, you know what, he might be one of the guys that that uh, he doesn't perform as well under Brendan Rodgers. We spoke about the guys who do, and there might be one or two who don't. But mm. he showed the right attitude, doesn't he? And the application is there, and the performances have started to come to the fore. Absolutely. And the, you know, this is where I, I disagree with with some commenters and <laughs> with some of, the, some of our own people here at Axom, right? Is that, you know, in the summer we were saying, oh, we need an upgrade on goalkeeper and we need an upgrade on the left back. I don't think we need upgrades. I think we need challenge for them, which is a, a very different thing. 
I think that, like we said before, Bernabe is not the guy to challenge uh, Greg Taylor for left back. It needs needs someone stronger. And likewise, neither neither Bain nor Segrist are adequate challenge for Joe Hart. But that's not to say that Taylor and Hart are not, when playing at their best, exactly what we need already. I think they could be. You know, I, I've, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, give Joe Hart another two-year deal. I, I, I think he's worth it. Um, I think that um, that Taylor is the best left-back we have. And I think that signing another left-back, rather than to push him out, I think it might just push him on to go that wee bit further and raise his game even further. Because I believe he can be a European-class level um, player. He's just very unlucky being in the position that he is in a Scotland squad that already has Andy Robertson and, and Kieran Tierney. So, it's, you know, he's a wee bit... It's, it's, he, he has two literal world-class players ahead of him in terms of getting into the Scotland team, unfortunately. but How often um, has that happened at left-back? You know, for years, there's a dearth of them, and then that yeah. happens. And, and like you say, under normal circumstances, um, Taylor would be in and about that. But his cap count is going to be pretty low by the end of his career because, as you yeah. say, we've got those guys in front of him. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's a shame, you know. I mean, there was a similar thing with goalkeepers back in the nineties. You had Jim Leighton, you had Andy Gorham, and you had you know Brian Gunn, who were all very good goalkeepers playing at a very high level. And I don't think any of them even got to a hundred caps because it was constantly changing in and out who was the first choice goalkeeper. And it's yeah, it's a similar situation for Taylor now. Yeah, absolutely. Joe Fulham, job done. Yeah, and done with a bit of panache, done with a bit of style, I think, today. Eddie, uh, you're coming in. Eddie Quigley, welcome to the show. Joe Hart is a bomb skier. And why are we bringing on Forrest before Yang or one of the young players? No wonder Rocco Vata wants out. Right, Joe Hart isn't a bomb skier. Joe Hart's having a good season. And I actually... So his contract's up at the end of this campaign, right? Um, I would definitely be, and I don't know if it would suit him, I'd definitely be trying to keep him at the club for at least another year. You you reckon a couple of years, and in that second year, maybe take more of a coaching development role uh, with some, yeah. someone coming through. In terms of Forrest, I think we've just got to accept Forrest is going to be utilised this season by Brennan Rodgers. He started a couple of games. He's going to, You're going to see him coming off the bench. Um, but on your last point, on Rocco Vata, I would hate to lose Rocco Vata. Rocco is again back in the under-21 squad alongside their boss and Lawal and Johnny Kenny, who's still a Celtic player as well. I think he's got bags of potential. He's not kicked a competitive football for Celtic yet, Liam. Um, yeah. Under Brennan Rodgers, that is. Uh, so I don't know if he fancies him. I don't know what the situation is, but I really hope we keep Vata. But on your other points, I, I think Hart and Forrest bring a lot to this squad. A lot of experience... Um, the, the the team with all the new players coming in, obviously we're trying to get them gelling under a different system under Brendan. And I think that, you know, Forrest won't be a key part week in, week out, but he'll play a part this season. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put my teacher head on for a minute here. And, you know, if you're going to say Joe Hart's a bomb scare, I would say, um, can you show your working for that one? Because I don't recall anything today. Show me your working in the margin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't recall anything today that was bomb scare material. Um, and like you say, more generally, Joe Hart's been really good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the red card at Livingston, that could happen to any goalkeeper. That That's just, you know. It's a one-off for him. 750 games Aye. there or thereabouts. First time he's been sent off. 
I mean, you consider the amount of shouting and yapping that he does, it's amazing to think that he hasn't picked up more cards in his career, but no, exactly. And um, Forrest, Forrest has earned the right to be part of the squad over a number of years of great service. Is he as good now as he was a few years ago? Maybe not. But then again, sometimes players can have a, a second spurt. I mean, look at Scott Brown. We all thought he was done mm-hmm. when uh, when Ronnie Dyla came in. You know, jump forward to the next manager and he's back there and he's not just running the show, but he's, he's absolutely running the show, you know. Um, and he did so for another couple of years after that. You know, Forrest is getting on, but he's still young enough that he could have a renaissance. It's not impossible. And even if he doesn't, like I say, his past achievements have earned him the right to be part of that squad. Yang and others still have to earn that right. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at the last two games, Yang hasn't played particularly well. I made the comment against Lazio, yes, big challenge, obviously a massive game, big step up, like you said at the beginning of the the first show today. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt that had he not been taken off against Motherwell at halftime, he would have been hooked at halftime against Lazio. But Brendan's looking at that and thinking, I don't want to destroy this guy's confidence. He kept him on. But he didn't play that well. Now, Gerard Fitzpatrick, uh, in you come. Thank you for your uh, support of the channel. Think Brendan would prefer Kyogo or Yakamakis? I'd rather have both of them, if I'm being honest. I'm greedy. I'm greedy. Uh, Who's more suited to Brendan Rodgers? I'm happy with Kyogo. I just, I think I'll go back to when Brendan Rodgers came to the club you had a striker in Lee Griffiths, I'm not comparing Griffiths with Kyogo no. or Yakamakis, who scored all the goals. He scored mm. 40 goals the previous season. And it was to try and get your head around the fact that we didn't need that. What we needed was we needed three or four guys to score a lot of goals uh, rather than one man that you're relying on constantly to score all the goals. Kyogo might not score as many goals this season, Liam, but I think that in terms of a striker, he's far and away the best one we've got. And I'm and I'm going to I'm also going to say I wish we hadn't sold Jackamacus at the time. I mm. remember, you know, at the time I remember comments saying, "Oh, we've got an upgrade and O and this and that." I think time has shown that's not the case. Yeah, Jackamacus uh, yeah. was a guy that when he came on, he made an impact. He really did. I, mean, I remember him, you know, bossing the the Rangers defence. They were terrified of him in that three 0 game. Remember the three 0 yeah. game where Atati scores comes to his own. Yakimakis was sensational that night. The only thing he didn't do was score a goal. Um, I, I liked seeing him in Europe. He, he, he was physical and he was always penalised domestically, but in Europe he, he wasn't. And he was very, very mm. effective. And he scored in the Champions League. I wonder why League. that was. Yes, <laughs> I know. And he scored in the Champions League. And yeah, I think we got rid of him too early, if I'm being honest. But in mm. terms of Kyogo, I'm happy with Kyogo. He's just played a slightly different game. Kyogo's got the same issue. As you know, as Maeda had, as Hatate had, um, as you know, as most of the team had initially, is that he's having to play. He's still a striker, but he's not quite playing a, the same type of striker as he was last season. Now, as a consequence of that, we're maybe seeing a slight dip in his in his goal numbers. I don't think his form is dropping off. He's still putting in the same effort. He's still showing the same creativity and the same flair. He's getting into the right positions. Um, it's just a question of, you know, adjusting to the new setup. And yeah, we're, you know, he's maybe not quite there yet, but he's good. He's a good enough player that he'll get there. I mean, Kyogo is a guy that you can put in any team and he'll enhance it. It doesn't matter where where he plays uh, along the front line. 
you know, he, he made his name at Vassil Kobe as a right winger. You know, um, it's 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 it, it's that's the thing about all of our Japanese players, particularly, is the is the the, the dynamism and the adaptability of them. Maeda mm-hmm. will adapt to playing on the right. Kyogo will adapt to playing as a different type of centre forward. Um, it will just take time, but they yeah. will adapt because that's what they do best. Yeah, and you've seen that at grassroots in Japan as yep. well. I think the thing, Liam, with Kyogo on another day today, he scored a hat-trick because, I mean, Aye. he scores a goal that's chopped off. He was going to take the penalty until Callum McGregor took it off him, then the ref took it off Hatati. And then there was a couple of chances as well. So on another day, he will score a hat-trick mm. at some point during this season. Uh, Stevie Boy, you're back in. Fair play, big skills. Eh? Oh, yes. Um, they are using skills as an example now. Uh, I think around about Celtic Park in relation to application, attitude, there must be. I mean, the way that he has turned that round is incredible. At the beginning of the season, there was talk of him going to Aberdeen on a permanent. Celtic wanted their money back and a wee bit more. Um, where is he now? Uh, who knows? <laughs> I hope that he gets the uh, international recognition from Steve, Stephen Kenny. I hope that he gets his cap, he makes his debut, because it seems to be that this is the progression. I was kind of hoping Matt O'Reilly would get the call-up from the, the Danish national squad as well, because it seems like that is the natural progression now for these guys. And I hope that Aye. Skills gets that. And uh, it will be another challenge for him, a different type of challenge. But mm. um, he's full of confidence and fair play to him. Um, we've got Claffs, 1978. What a difference when Taylor plays inverted. Yeah, we have seen it. Hail, hail from Corby. And I think Liam was right to say that, you know what, there has been um, a wee bit of uh, adaptation there from Rogers, who's compromised. He says, you know, he is more effective there. Let's do it. And he's uh, switched them back in. And Mount Kadar, thank you for your support of the channel. Any excuse to bring up that Mogwai avatar as well. Thank you for your excellent work. No, thank you for your support as well. Now, talking of support, uh, we ask people to support us. They do support us, Liam. There's a couple of causes we want to talk about before we wrap it up. The first one is the Three Peaks Challenge. We mentioned it the other week. Colin Watt, um, a group of his pals are doing a, a challenge and they've asked us to mention it and we have done. And it's for a pal of uh, Collins in Greenock where they're doing the Three Peaks. They've just done, is it Ben Nevis, I think they've just done? Um, and they're moving on and they're, they're basically keeping us up to date uh, on the, the socials as well. So a big shout out to them raising money for their pal, Danny, who's been struck at a very young age uh, with MND. We all know about that as well. And of course, yourself, you're doing your own challenge to raise awareness um, for mental health uh, where you are. And just before you came on, you had put in a sensational amount of uh, kilometres as well for your own challenge, hadn't you? Well, uh, if you wonder why I'm looking a wee bit uh, red-faced today, it's it, it's it, you know it's not because I'm trying to coordinate with a shirt. It's uh, I uh, I walked uh, 27 kilometres today, and I have walked a cumulative total of 157 kilometres in the past six days. Now, why am I doing this? It's because we uh, Celtic Down Under, all of us on the Celtic Down Under show the various shows that we do. Um, there's 11 of us in total, and we are doing a walk for uh, the Black Dog Institute, which is a Australia-based mental health charity. But the research that they do will have impact far beyond just Australia. Um, it's Mental Health Month in Australia. I'm not sure if it is in Scotland as well. Um, uh, but anyway, that that's the reason why it's October. And the challenge is for 
each of us to set a goal and walk as much as we can throughout October. I've set the personal goal of 300 kilometers. As I said, I've done 157. I will cross 300 probably within the next week or so, uh, <laughs> injuries permitting. Um, but uh, yeah, we want to try and raise as much money as we can, as much awareness as we can about mental health because uh, I went into great detail on it on Tuesday, so I won't bore everybody again, but basically, I am a mental health survivor. I still take medication every day to control my mental health issues. Uh, several members of my close family have battled or are currently battling mental health issues. I lost a good friend a few years ago, a friend from high school, to uh, mental health. And uh, it's something that's very important to me personally, and I'm very honoured to be part of this cause. And uh, a few Axon people have already chipped in with donations already, and thank you so much. Um, if you can spare a couple of quid, please throw it our way. I will read out the, the site to go to. It is onefootforward.org.au uh, forward slash, and then my name, Liam Carrigan. And that is my personal donation page. Or you can also donate to the Celtic Down Under page, which is onefootforward.org.au slash Celtic Down Under. Uh, isn't the same pot at the end of the day. Uh, thus far, I've raised 175. As a team, we've raised uh, 1,555 Australian dollars, which is not bad considering we set a target of 500 when this, when this started. So... Already, the response has been fantastic, and thank you so much to everybody. And as I said on Tuesday night, I know times are hard just now. Look, if you can't afford to, to chip in anything, don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel down about it. Do something positive for mental health. If you're feeling down, go out and have a walk, right? Go and see your pals. Phone round, and if anybody you know is not keeping too well mentally at the moment, check that they're okay. Especially as we get closer to Christmas, this becomes a much more important issue. Anyway, I've rattled on long enough. I put the the donation page out there. If you can, chuck in a couple of quid. And I have pledged that for every hundred quid my personal page gets, I'll chuck in another tenner myself on top of the hundred quid I'm going to put in when I get paid next week. So right. we will get, you know, we'll get some get some money together. And remember, with mental health, even the cost of a phone call could be enough to save somebody's life. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's great work that yourself and the boys at Celtic Down Under are doing. So brilliant. Well done and keep it keep it up. And obviously, um, the the link that, that Liam has shared, we'll put it in the video underneath as well. And uh, the Facebook page for Danny is Fundraising for Danny and MND. Check it out. Um, yeah, great performance today, Liam. I've really enjoyed mm. catching up with you again. And uh, we move on to the fixtures tomorrow. How will that leave us? We're 10 points ahead. Will that continue? Let's hope so. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. You continue to support us, and we love uh, talking about Celtic on a daily basis here at Celtic State of Mind. All that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Liam Carrigan, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Sports Social Podcast Network.